Hello, welcome to Astrology Odyssey. I'm your host, Angela. I'm so excited to be here today. It is the first episode. I did previously post an introduction, which was just a couple minutes to say who I am and what the um, podcast is going to be about. I originally thought that we were going to talk about Aries first house and Mars today, but I decided that I should step back and give a little bit more information about evolutionary astrology. As I had stated in the introduction, I am a student of evolutionary astrology, and it is what I primarily practice. Of course, you know, I have my own take on certain things, so this isn't a purist approach. Um, so if you have studied evolutionary astrology, just bear that in mind. So I just thought we would have a conversation about what is evolutionary astrology as opposed to traditional Western astrology, which most of us are familiar with. Jeffrey Wolf Green uh, wrote a book back, I believe, in the 80s called Pluto, the Evolutionary Journey of the Soul. And with that, he brought in a whole new way of looking at, at astrology from a karmic evolutionary perspective. So the ideas behind evolutionary astrology that we need to talk about are this concept of reincarnation, you know, that we have multiple lives. We're not coming in as a blank slate. We come in with a karmic past, and therefore this affects this life. And as a soul that has multiple lives, there is a desire of that soul to evolve and expand and grow itself. And so the concept of evolution is very important to this system. Then understanding um, the astrological archetypes from the standpoint of the axes, the archetypal axes. In other words, we have Aries, and we know that the opposite of Aries is Libra, or its complement is Libra, or we would go from Libra to Aries, or Taurus to Scorpio, or Scorpio to Taurus. This is an axis along which there is an archetypal consciousness that is part of that axis that moves from Taurus to Scorpio as one example. And there are two extreme points. There's the desire to try to balance those points and not be living in one extreme or the other. And this is the concept behind the evolution in the evolutionary astrology system. What becomes very important in evolutionary astrology is understanding this karmic past or karmic dynamic of the birth chart and the evolutionary intention that's implied by that karmic past. The evolutionary intention is the complement or the opposite. How do we know what that is in traditional Western astrology? What we walk around saying things like, well, I'm an Aries or I'm a Capricorn. And typically what we're saying is that at the time I was born, the sun was in that zodiac sign. So if I'm an Aries, which I am, sun sign, that means the sun was in Aries when I was born. But that's not the whole picture. Evolutionary astrology, and even in traditional Western astrology, they understand that as well. Other things are important, the moon, Venus, Mercury, etc., right? And so it's not to say one system is better than the other, but one system is slightly different or can be hugely different in terms of its intentions, in terms of what it's trying to accomplish or help people do. 
So evolutionary astrology says all of those things are important too, but they're going to be filtered through this karmic evolutionary dynamic within the birth chart. And what is key to this karmic evolutionary dynamic is Pluto, first and foremost. Pluto in evolutionary astrology represents the soul. So it tells us, based on its position within the birth chart, where our souls have been, the archetype that we have been operating within or playing out really within the life or multiple lives, at least two to three lives probably before you came into this life, you were in that archetype. And that's the natal or birth chart position of your Pluto. What is that archetype? Say, for example, you have a second house Pluto, that archetype would be Taurus. Now, you may have been born with your Pluto in the sign of Virgo. That would be considered more of a generational signature because Pluto is a very slow moving planet. And so millions of people would be born with Pluto in Virgo. But for you, on a personal level, the second house archetype is what becomes very important to understanding your karmic signature that you come into this life with or part of it. Because there's another piece. The other piece is the lunar south node. The lunar south node is part of the karmic past as well. It talks about your mode of operation within those lives. How were you acting out or playing out the life within that Taurus archetype or within that Taurus arena? So the lunar south node would speak to that. And the planetary ruler of that south node, for example, say you have a south node in Leo, then your sun, which is the ruler of Leo, would become very important to understanding that karmic past. Now today, we're not going to get into how to interpret all of that, because that's a lot and we'll get through that over many episodes. But just outlining these concepts so that there's an understanding of how evolutionary astrology differs from traditional Western astrology or other systems that you may be familiar with. If we come in with a karmic signature or a karmic past, or you could say karmic baggage, however you want to look at it, then there's a point at which we want to evolve away from that past. We want to grow. We want to expand. And that's the um, basic tenet behind evolutionary astrology. And where we're wanting to go is within the complement or opposites. So that second house Pluto that has been in a Taurus arena or Taurus archetype is wanting to evolve toward its complement or opposite in Scorpio or eighth house. And so then that Scorpio archetype becomes very important for that individual to understand because this is going to feel very foreign to them because it's not where they're used to being. They're used to being in the Taurus and at a very deep unconscious level, there's a security pattern. There's a security identity association that is within that Taurus, a comfort zone, if you will, that the soul is like, mm, I like it here. I don't want to move out of here. And so as an individual on a very unconscious level, that Pluto is operating and we may not understand it on a conscious level, but those behavior patterns associated with that archetype are playing out, which implies there may be some shadow aspects or there are some shadow aspects of that archetype that need to be integrated 
in order to make that evolutionary journey over to its complement or opposite in Scorpio, for our example. And then in the south node, it's the same as well, because the lunar nodes of the moon are always in opposite signs. And so if we have a Leo south node, then our north node is going to be in Aquarius. And so that Aquarius archetype becomes very important to understand. And the north node ruler. So where is the Uranus in that person's birth chart would become very important. And what are the relationships that it's making to other planetary bodies or points within the birth chart? So you can see how this can become very layered and complicated, but it gives a lot of great information on where you are when you come into this life and why you may be operating in certain ways that you you know are no longer working for you, but you're not quite sure how to get out of them. So like I said in the introduction, you may be stuck and sometimes we know we're stuck, but we don't know how to get unstuck. And so what the evolutionary astrology system is saying is look to the complements of these points, the Pluto polarity point, it's called, right? So if you look at your Pluto position in your birth chart, the Pluto polarity point becomes that evolutionary intention of the soul and understanding that and what that is, what your soul is desiring, where your soul is desiring to move toward. And then the lunar north node being that mode of operation, the habitual day-to-day -day life and how to enact that or facilitate that move from the Pluto position to the Pluto polarity point. This all becomes very important. Some other key ideas are just the idea in general that this dynamic, you want to understand this karmic past and this evolutionary intention in order to understand everything else playing out in the chart. So in other words, your son is still a key part of your conscious identity and how you see yourself very important but it's going to get filtered through this karmic evolutionary dynamic in order to understand how can it facilitate the lessons that need to be learned from the past and the movement towards the evolutionary point the moon is still very important right as this unconscious part of our egocentric structure as part of our emotional body our habitual day-to-day -day life right now as represented by our natal moon. This is all very important, but how does, how does it operate? How is it important to this karmic past and this evolutionary intention? So again, everything else within the birth chart is going to get filtered through this karmic evolutionary dynamic that's outlined by the Pluto placement, the Pluto polarity point, the lunar nodes and their planetary rulers. So understanding those first and foremost is going to be key to really unlocking the power of the birth chart in helping you evolve as an individual in this lifetime to live the best expression of this life that you could possibly live if you're able to do that. And understand what are some of the roadblocks that I'm going to have. And so this is the key power of evolutionary astrology, it's very interesting, it's very exciting, but also it allows us to look at the archetypes on a much more deeper um, spiritual level, not just the day-to-day -day mundane 
understandings of them, which is very important to our day-to-day lives, but also this higher meaning of the archetypes. So when we do get into the archetypes in these future episodes, we'll talk about those day-to-day understanding of how the archetypes operate, what they do, what they're about. But we'll also talk about these deeper meanings. For example, the concept of Capricorn, Saturn, 10th house, it's not just career, but it is also a rollout in society. But it is also at a deeper level, at a bigger, you know, big picture level, it is the archetype that takes energy itself and puts it into form. So an idea gets out into the ethers, and it's out there floating through Sagittarius. That's our big picture belief systems. And then it's taken by an archetype like Capricorn, and that energy is put into form itself. So without On an esoteric level, we would say that without Capricorn, without Saturn, we wouldn't have any forms. We wouldn't have a body. We wouldn't have, you know, structures. So this is a deeper esoteric understanding of the archetypes, which can be very important from a spiritual growth standpoint. So we're going to be able to dive into that as well as we move forward with the podcast and talk about these archetypes, the astrological signs, but how they operate as, you know, a sign, a house and a planetary ruler. So I think that's pretty much all I want to say today. I hope that sounds exciting to everybody. Of course, this is just a basic uh, groundwork or understanding of the um, evolutionary astrology system. There's so much to it. But like I said, there's no way we could get into all of it in one episode. But at least it gives you some ideas. Uh, Maybe you can do some research on your own. As I stated before, the Jeffrey Wolf Green book that is pivotal to this system is Pluto, The Evolutionary Journey of the Soul. I definitely recommend it if you find this sounds exciting to you and you want to dive deeper into evolutionary astrology. I would highly recommend getting that book. There are also some other people um, that are great. I love Mark Jones. He's a great astrologer who also has a good foundation in evolutionary astrology. And of course, he's taken it even further with counseling and psychological approaches uh, to astrology. Very, um, very interesting. So um, anyway, I look forward to our future episodes and navigating you along this astrology odyssey.